Hello and welcome to GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. I'm your host, Megan Vol. I'm your co-host, Mark Ambrosio. And I'm your co-co-host, Susie Lee. And we're going to do something a little different, kind of like last week, as we have an empty seat, um, so to speak, this week. We're going to be doing a mix of the beloved Jarring Questions series and a mix of grad life in what Susie called hashtag. Uh, Hashtag Jarring Grad Life. Yes, hashtag Jarring Grad Life. Um, So, Mark, how's it going? (laughs) Stop, stop. Things are good. Help yourself, Megan. Are you you holding on right now? I... Keeping it together? I'm barely keeping it together. Um... I, I'm glad you went along with my awkward transition. I'm very happy about that. But yeah, no, I'm. It's been a busy day. I've yeah. been in meetings since 9:30. Yeah. Oh yeah. That sounds like a lot. Well, um, I guess if you want, we can just start off straight with the questions. Why just not? To it's de- a good icebreaker. Good stress a little bit first. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we've all done jarring questions. It's my first time. It's my first time too. Yeah. Same. All right. All right. Let's start. So let's just uh, dig right in then. I love that sound. (laughs) All right. So the first question is, cats or dogs? Cats, 100%. I have two cats. Their names are Pancake and Waffles. Oh, that's adorable. (laughs) How about you, Mark? Um, uh, Good question. And uh, my answer is yes. I like like both. I have have a dog, and I sort of co-share her with my family, uh, Elsa uh, Sander Poodle, uh, so my beloved Elsa. And, if, and when she gets tired, she crawls under my bed at nighttime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I also, but I do like cats. Um, if I had to choose, I would choose dogs, but I like, I, do, I genuinely like both. How about yourself, Susie? I would say that I am more of a dog person, so I feel like we have a good spectrum going on yes. here. But I'm slowly, slowly uh, starting to appreciate cats for who they are. Um, we have a cat in our neighborhood who I think his name is actually Snowball, but it's funny because he's a black cat. Um, don't know what the owners thought. Uh, he's a, not a stray, but he's like just one of those neighborhood cats that visit like all of mm-hmm. the different houses. And so he'll come up and we'll see him and we'll be like, Snowball! Or sometimes he'll be walking across the street in the neighborhood and I'll like yell like, Snowball! And he'll like crawl over <laughs> and wow. flop over. And then I've learned a lot kind of how to appreciate cats and like to to understand their temperament a bit more by we have a cat colony at my parents house nice and my favorite thing to do on walks because I, I go for a walk in the morning and the night is a way to de-stress but um i've named all of them like Aww. i know the cat colony and some of them well not some of them some of the ones that are house owned i guess mm-hmm. will approach you but like I've named all of them, you get to know the families. There's one called Mr. Mustachio because he has That's like a little adorable. mustache and he sits on people's windows. Um, but Mark, I had a question about your dog, and I've always wanted to ask this because I don't, I don't think I have. Did you name Elsa after Frozen? Well, the answer is yes and no. I mean, I did not name her after Frozen. Okay. But she was named after Frozen. Mm-hmm. So when I when we acquired her, she came with the name Elsa, and oh. she was born. She was born in uh, twenty fourteen. Okay. So uh, yes, so she okay. she is she is she is named after Elsa is named after Elsa. <laughs> okay. No, I always wondered. I was like, oh, like the Elsa Queen Elsa. Yes, yes exactly. Little Ice Queen. Yes, and well, there's a Gradcast connection because our. Uh, chair of our GradCast committee, our GradCast managing editor, Emily, she uh, asked me when I first joined the committee, 
So, Mark, I assume you've seen <laughs> Frozen. I'm like, well, actually, truth be told, no. <laughs> so I, uh, she gave me homework and insisted that I, I watch it. And I did. Really? I did. I, did, I watched it. And uh, I don't really watch animated shows, especially animated shows for specifically for children. Uh, so the first part of it, I was barely hanging on. But as, <laughs> as it progressed, I started to you know, come a little bit invested in the movie. Mm. And so I will say I enjoyed, at the end of the day, I did enjoy the movie. Um, if you're going to ask me, it's one of my standby movies to watch. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I can accept that. Yes. <laughs> Do you like Frozen? Uh, I've. It's like a decent Disney movie. Like I wouldn't say it's my top ten for sure, but like I, it has rewatch value to some degree. It's got like enjoyable songs. I listen to the soundtrack a lot, kind of well, in first year. Good. Yeah. So. Yeah. It does have good songs, mm-hmm. but yeah, in general, like um. So I'm not the best person to ask because I don't really watch too many animated films. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a live action kind of person. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> even just watching it took a little bit of effort on my part, to be honest. Uh, no, I, I can understand. I, th- I thought the sequel wasn't as good, I which agree. I which I, I realize agree. is controversial in itself. <laughs> when did the sequel come out? Oh, God, I don't know. I just remember. 2017? I'm just guessing at this point. Like, I don't know. Something know. like that. Yeah. But I remember going to see it in the movie, and I remember because they give Kristoff, the, the guy, right? Like, they give him like his own song and it yeah. was very strongly ripping off queen like it really oh, really i, I didn't even realize i just like watched it i think from a free like the free month trial of disney plus that i got mm-hmm. um over covid and so i was watching like hamilton american musical and um frozen 2 and like all these different movies that i hadn't had access to previously and i was like it's just okay well there's the the song he gets and i don't i don't know it's the the fourth four faces of, of queen like it's an album oh, cover right right and they do that yeah and i was just like sitting there going you don't i'm sorry you cannot cite queen in that way because <laughs> you're not doing it yeah. correctly it was a movie it was a movie we can leave it where it is yes, <laughs> yes. for sure so anyway you guys like dogs i'm more of a cat person yes is I, I mean think what we got but like i said before like it's a good spectrum it's always a good mix mm-hmm. to have kind of that's true. The range. Well, yeah, and even 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 the people who prefer dogs still like cats. Like, do you like cat dogs at all? Oh my god! Oh, like, I I do I, like yeah, dogs. Yeah, yeah. I'm not to say I I don't. Um, I do prefer cats though. I grew up with mm. cats. That's mm. what I'm comfortable. Well, with. I can understand. Like growing up, like uh, I was always a little bit scared of dogs because I didn't have a dog growing up. Uh, although my paternal grandparents did, but as I got older and then um, I helped look after my maternal grandmother, and mm. she always had dogs after my grandfather her husband passed away and so i just started to acquire real uh, like for dogs and their enthusiasm and uh, (laughs) i know that there's there's a lot of you know like when could i know there have been studies done um so this isn't to i don't know how this applies in this room but generally speaking (laughs) extroverts prefer dogs and introverts prefer cats and they say that interesting because i consider myself as an introvert but i'm much more of a dog person i know and same and when i'm socializing or in a room I feel like I'm fairly extroverted but I'm I feel like I'm an extroverted introvert and that mm-hmm. I don't always need to be out <laughs> and but then yeah like you Susie I prefer dogs so I think it's kind of interesting uh I don't think it's a hard and fast rule mm-hmm. you're yeah. an ambivert ambivert yes. I think that's what it is yeah, when ambivert. you're in between I think I'm an ambivert too mm-hmm. yeah. because I would consider myself that though I can see the the point made for why cat people are more introverted because mm-hmm. I mean dog people you go out cat yeah, people you, you typically to. stay in <laughs> unless you're my cats and like to hang out in the garage which is a whole different thing but <laughs> i digress interesting garage oh yeah a garage like in the garage under cars on the tractor 
That is on the Mustang. That seems unsafe. Climbing the beams. Yeah, no, it's very unsafe. Um, they seem to like it. Um, I think it's unsafe, but they clearly know how to get up and down. So you know, yeah, I trust them. <laughs> trust them more than me. Um, okay, shall we do another question? Then? I think so. All right. So, would you want to live in another time period, and why? Mark wants to say something. Well, <laughs> I don't know. So I, I do have an interest in history and uh, different periods in history. Um, maybe the so-called long 18th century in England, like the 1700s. Um, so as as for the why, well, <laughs> hard to say. I think it was a time of rel- a time of relative peace, at least in England. Um, a lot of it, you know, just culturally, it struck me as an interesting time and ideas coming up. The 19th century in England. Okay, yeah, a lot more ideas. I mean, well, a lot of interesting things happened in the 19th century as well, but that 19th century also saw the rise of industrialization, et cetera, et cetera. So kind of, I think it'd be kind of interesting to see the UK before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how about yourself, Megan? Oh, I'm trying to think, because I would be in agreement with you. Like, I'm really, the what we would call the Victorian period has particularly mm-hmm. interested me just as a hobby, but... Elizabethan era too. Mm-hmm. Um, I will watch documentaries in my spare time just about random facts about that, um, and maybe the medieval classical world. Like I can't pick one for certain, and all of them I'm fairly sure have terrible hygiene. <laughs> um, so would I want to? Yes, mm-hmm. but also bad hygiene practices and lots of disease. Yeah. So maybe it's like a time travel thing where you can hop in a little bit, yes. like very briefly, experience like a, a day. Yeah, a sabbatical. A day. Not, never mind yeah. a sabbatical, a, day, a, day, a conference, if you experience will. Experience like a short period of time and then hop back into the modern yes. world almost. Yeah, no, I appreciate the point about hygiene, although I think uh, that was more of an issue in cities, like mm-hmm. namely, without going into the details, namely, to put it euphemistically, waste disposal. But yeah. I think in the country, yeah. um, outside of the cities, it wasn't as big a... I don't like... like like people have still had soap and water and yes. still wash their hands and bathe themselves. So it's not like hygiene was just invented yesterday. I think it was, I think it's more of a problem in cities and yeah, yeah, just the crowding aspect, the, crowding the population aspect. aspect, which I can definitely understand. I mean, you actually don't hear about the hygiene practices. At least I've never heard of it, but I also don't have a strong background in history so i don't actually know if you would like niche documentaries on youtube i can mention a few youtube is the best place for that but what about you you haven't said what uh, you're <laughs> so um i'm going through a little bit of a downton abbey rewatch oh. and i've only watched up to season three so i i know some spoilers but other than that i think the one of the best things that i like about downton abbey is that it really covers what life was like for nobility um, during the turn of the century, mm-hmm. kind of like World War One mm-hmm. um, and and the Roaring Twenties, the Great Depression, um, and it's very interesting to me to like see it from such a different perspective of like middle class person in Canada versus like nobility mm-hmm. <laughs> in in uh, in England in, in the early 1900s. But I don't know if I would necessarily visit it, but it just is really nice to like watch it all be put together and like filmed like that. But I also have to say that um, I would love to be in like Korea in the 90s, 1990s, just because I love the fashion. And like I, I like to watch a lot of K-dramas that take place in that time period just because it's 
it's just before my time, but it's kind of like when my parents were younger. Yeah. Um, and so I would like to have been able to experience what life was like slower, without as much technology, without as much information overload. Oh, see, you say that now, and now I'm like, I want to change my answer. <laughs> I mean, feel free. <laughs> no, it's not even that. It's um, not, not. I mean, I would love to go to Korea, don't get me wrong, but I, I was thinking more of the Japanese warring states period for a day. Obviously, I do not want to stay in that time period, but like one of... <laughs> One of my favorite games to play mm-hmm. uh, when I was in my master's in undergrad was, um, they're called Otome. Oh. You, you know. Oh, yes, you know. I do. You know. <laughs> and one of my favorite games from that era of my life, which admittedly I still like, I just haven't, I haven't played them in years, mm-hmm. um, was, it took place in the Warring States period. Interesting. And... It was actually historically accurate. Like there were things that I looked up and I was like, oh, it's it's pretty they're accurate. And it was just really interesting to read mm-hmm. and like the, the different historical aspects that were going around that time. Like it's it's broadly speaking, Asian history is mm-hmm. really fascinating to me. Like mm-hmm. Japan, China, Korea, like that that's what I mean when I say Asia. Probably not the right term, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah, so now you got me on that. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, Korea and the, and the idea of mentioning, so not necessarily a qualifying, not necessarily live, but visit, because um, <laughs> a big big footnote beside that, um, mm-hmm. North Korea. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe even, um, guys, there are today some people, like very limited travel opportunities, but I think there are travel opportunities. Yeah, there yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, like 20 years ago, I don't think there would have been, or at least maybe going back a little further, like the 70s and just wondering okay what's seems like a very interesting place so for example i know in the north um by way of visual presentation almost intimidation they have these beautiful or not necessarily sometimes beautiful but imposing public buildings Mm -hmm. and and but i heard sometimes these buildings are underutilized or actually empty Mm -hmm. or for for example in the north um they still have churches but not actually necessarily used regularly mm-hmm. and and these it's almost like really interesting like um public spaces but which aren't which people aren't necessarily used in the way that we use them in a freer society mm-hmm. um i think mm-hmm. another interesting thing to do would be to see but mind you now i'm being all science fiction and tra- time traveling but, <laughs> but like so for example germany but um so uh but to see the west and to see the east and almost mm-hmm. if you could see the comparison, it would mm-hmm. be, I think it would be really oh, fascinating. Be fast, yeah. Like going back to like, obviously before the fall of the wall and not just in the late eighties, immediately before the fall, but let's say go back to the seventies mm-hmm. and when, you know, still the, the, the end of the Soviet Union was not in sight. And uh, what would life have been like on the East? I think that would be kind of interesting to see and yeah, compare that to the West so many possibilities though though the one thing with time travel which i read i think i learned is that if you were actually to make a time machine hypothetically and be that was able to go back in time it would have to not only it couldn't be stationary and i think we know that i think that's been like it can't be stationary it would have to we'd have to actually bring it to wherever you want to go and then go back in time you see my point makes sense yeah and then I read somewhere, and I don't have a source for it, but I very much could see this being true. You also have to keep in mind the planets, because we're moving. Oh. So if you go back, so like it's is a space thing. I don't know where I was reading that, and it's a physics thing, which I have no obvious, you know, certification. <laughs> I know it doesn't actually. Yeah, most science fiction authors. When they speak of time travel, they don't properly address that question, <laughs> um, which is a legitimate question. Because, but if you travel back in time. 
the spot you travel back to would not be the same. But they don't, they don't, that, that one is just, uh, but there are interesting paradoxes that are dealt with. So, for example, a so-called so grandfather's paradox, mm -hmm. where if you travel back in time, kill your grandfather or grandmother, um, your choice. Let's be egalitarian. <laughs> but, <laughs> yes. You know, would you see, you know, like it's impossible, actually. Uh, but when you're talking about possible and impossible time travel, it's a little ironic because as far as we know, it's impossible. As far as we know, I say that because um, I'm not versed in physics. That said, I gather that physicists will say that time travel in the future, I mean, let's put it all under impossible or at least highly unlikely. Time travel into the future is not as unlikely as time travel into the past. Um, travel, traveling into the past is, it's already happened. Mm -hmm. Traveling into the future is, is um, so for example, take the spin of the earth. And if you move, <laughs> you know, manipulate your movement in such a way that you're, uh, you can move ahead in time, basically, you know, if that makes sense. I kind of, like, it's one of those things where my brain is like, <laughs> I, I get what you're saying, mm -hmm. but I also probably am not smart enough for this. <laughs> like, I can, I get it, but I'm not processing it fully. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's and a good not, way to describe <laughs> it. And I think I need book, a, a, book, a book or at least a couple articles in front of me to explain it, because that's as far as I'm going to go <laughs> for now. <laughs> oh, my, my favorite of those is, is unrelated to tr time travel. If you look out into the sky and you would take a telescope, what you are seeing there is like, if the thing you're looking at in a telescope is 10,000 light years away, you're seeing it 10,000 light years in the past, yeah. and yeah. that just blows my that mind. Blows my well, mind. and that, that yeah. is when you think about a type of time travel, because um, there's a concept of, so in time travel, not necessarily, because of the grandfather's paradox, you don't want to change the past. You want to, be, there's the idea of viewing, but not changing. And when you're viewing something in the past, that in itself, I think you can say, I mean, is a bit of time travel because when you see the stars you are seeing the past and they are there mm -hmm. so it's kind of interesting you, you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah yeah well that took a, a strong tangent oh. to another level but um we do have one more question so one i'm just more. gonna dig back into the jar the suspense the suspense <laughs> <laughs> so our last question for this half of the episode is what's the coolest or most fun thing about gradcast Oh, oh, that's that's tough. Yeah, I would would like to say it has. I don't know. There's something cool about hearing your voice on radio every week. Mm -hmm. um, well, maybe not hearing, but knowing it's it's going out to to people. Like, I don't know that that I find really cool. That's half the reason. Like again, I <laughs> I joined Gradcast was just for that moment. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I agree. And uh, I think just. Sounds cliche, but meeting people from different departments and programs, learning learning about their mm -hmm. research. Um, it's nice to step a little outside the silo a little bit, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and it's good for you mentally and psychologically, and just to expand your horizons. So it's a real um, Gradcast is a real eye-opening experience, and I knew I knew that when I was listening because I listened long before I, I joined. Uh, so it's one thing when you listen, but when you're here in the studio interviewing somebody, let's say from English or history or mm -hmm. biology or whatever, um, you're you're listening that much more actively. Mm -hmm. Oh, listening's, I, I Susie, maybe you can't relate to that because you produce. <laughs> oh, um, maybe you can. I don't know. Yeah, so, um, well, Susie, how do you like being yeah. a producer? I mean, I I love it a lot. Like I genuinely, 
um, do enjoy the editing process. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like in in the moment, I'm like, why why is this so frustrating? Why are you not working with me? Um, but when I'm able to listen over uh, in over the end, like even though my voice isn't on it, it's like to know that I had that contribution and to like mm-hmm. to have that final product. It's a little bit more of the 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 destination than the journey, but it's it's fun to have that a little bit of that control as well. well for sure, and I think producers deserve uh, uh, perhaps oh, yes. more, more credit than we give them. Um, because you you create the final product that listeners will hear and manage all the you know awkward pauses that definitely happen. Yes, I mean, but you guys never know about them because we cut them out. No, yes. <laughs> but, but but listening is actually was actually a challenge when I when I joined Gradcast. That's that's something I think a lot of people maybe don't know about this mm-hmm. is that when someone is telling me about their cool research in whatever subject field it is. I have to regurgitate that information and though I might have questions prepped to mm-hmm. ask that person it's it's the regurgitation and being like okay this is what you're saying that I still kind of struggle with but I it also has um, taught me a number of things that I've used in like my PhD career that makes sense and yeah as as, as a co as somebody who co-hosts I uh, yeah by all means like we all prepare and we all prepare in slightly different ways but uh, you know, we ask the guest a question, the guest answers, and sometimes before it goes to the next host, I like to ask a follow-up question, mm-hmm. and most of the time my follow-up question is not prepped. It's based on the answer. That, it's based on what I just heard. Yeah, Mark freestyles it. I have no idea how he does it. Like, it's very, <laughs> like, you do it very well. It's very difficult for me. I think it's that listening and regurgitating and coming up with the questions on the spot that made me not want to be a host in the first place, just because I do zone out. And a lot of the times, like, I am paying attention and I'm listening to, to what's going on, but I'm thinking so much about kind of, like, how it, what they're talking about impacts my own life or, like, mm-hmm. it changes my perspective in some way that I'm completely gone in terms of, like, when they finish talking about what they're talking about. I'm like, I'm glad that someone else has this responsibility of asking the questions yeah. and not me. <laughs> I, I actually enjoy it. And I know it can be, you know, you feel as a host on the spot because and I, I, I genuinely want to ask follow-up questions based on what I just heard. Mm-hmm, yeah. And uh, and not something you know a predetermined question, um, it genuinely puts you on the spot, but it's fun. Um, there are times where, <laughs> and I can't think of a specific interview offhand, but it happens every now and then, like where both hosts we we paused and we didn't have a question, but uh, mm-hmm. but whoever the I forget the time, but whoever the but it happens every now and then. So mm-hmm. the producers graciously edited out. <laughs> and we're very thankful for our producers. I'm glad I'm always here to serve. Though speaking of our research, um, I don't think we got a chance to talk about that. Maybe, maybe want to talk about what we've been doing. Well, yeah. So we're all um, Radcast brings together students from different parts of Western. Although ironically, <laughs> <laughs> the three of us have a, have a same home base, the yeah. Faculty of Information and Media Studies. That said, I think we're all doing very different things. And so perhaps we'll start with uh, you, Susie. Uh, perhaps for the benefit of our listeners, you can tell us what you're doing and what stage you're at. You're under your master of library information science student. Uh, what does that involve and what stage are you at? Yeah, so uh, last time, if anyone remembers my episode, I was on co-ops. I've just finished an eight-month co-op with, with Western Libraries, and I'm back in the classroom, back taking classes, and I feel like the one of the things also that I took away from my co-op is that I really want to make... Uh, take advantage of all the opportunities that I, I continue to have and like Gradcast was one of those opportunities mm-hmm. as well um, but I was just like I want to do all the things and so I'm currently 
taking four courses, but I'm auditing a fifth one. And inf- oh, wow. informally auditing just really means that I'm sitting into the lectures, but don't have to do the assignments, which is perfect. Um, but I would say on it, like being a student has afforded me the extra time to take on extracurriculars. That being said, I am having a bit of a difficult time balancing my time with the assignments <laughs> and the yeah. um, extracurricular responsibilities. Well, the, the MLS is a certainly a, a um, it's a very course heavy degree. And yes. so, Megan, what what are you up to these days academically? Oh, uh, but, okay. Um, let me just think about that. I am in the dissertation writing process, which is mm. kind of towards the end, but not really in in my. <laughs> from my purview um so right now i'm about what we would consider halfway through the dissertation and my dissertation looks at mobile dating apps and what i'm trying to do is map value so how they make money how they derive value from users and then see if i can link it to how we think or think about or experience um romantic values Mm -hmm. and culture online um, so I'm about halfway through that. I've finished my methods and I'm in an REB application at the moment or in the process of. And um, yeah, that that has taken up like a lot of weeks so far, um, that and editing the previous chapters. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, well, it's not, you are making good progress. Uh, <laughs> and I know, I know sometimes it must, it's, it's frustrating moments, but uh, that said, you are, I know you're definitely making progress. I'm... Um, I'm past my comps, and uh, but what I need to do, and ideally I should have done this last term, but I've been involved in service and some extracurriculars here at Western, and I've actually almost enjoyed the pause because I'm going mm-hmm. to, when I return to it, as I, I am returning to my topic, what I need to do is submit my thesis proposal, and it will look a little bit different than how I would have envisioned it a few months ago. Mm-hmm. So, and then when my thesis proposal is submitted, and if and when it's approved, at that, that, that point, I'll truly be tr- transitioned from PhD student to PhD candidate. Mm. And it's going to get get used to the changing feeling, Mark, because whatever <laughs> you write is just going to change from being, yeah. like constantly. It's very frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> it's very fascinating as someone who comes from a core space um, to, to hear the adventures that you guys <laughs> well, go on. It's interesting. Uh, I think... Um, after coursework, and so I'm, I'm keeping a foot in the coursework role because I'm, I'm officially auditing one course. I'm unofficially auditing a second. And I say unofficially because it's just I'm actually um, sitting in an undergraduate course. <laughs> I'm a committee member, on my, and one of my committee members uh, is teaching it, so it's not, mm. I can't oh. really put down I'm, I'm auditing an undergraduate because <laughs> it just <laughs> looks silly. But, uh, but anyways, Having a foot in the course world, I think, helps keep me feel grounded. So I appreciate what you were saying, Susie, about, about auditing. Mm-hmm. So Susie, you mentioned before that you're involved, like you're busy, and that I think you alluded to some extracurriculars. Do you mind telling us? We know obviously you're involved in GradCast. What else are you involved with? Yeah. So um, the second biggest thing that I probably am uh, spending a lot of my time with is uh, working part time at the business library. So oh. still in library, still involved, um, and. I, but it's it's a completely different field that I've never stepped into before, and it's different walking into the Ivy Building every week and being like, I'm in a different world, because it really just, just feels so different from walking into Weldon every day. Um, but I'm also in a business course this term, so actually both of them are informing each other a lot of like, I learned about the concepts and then I see them kind of on the books, book titles that I'm shelving, and it is quite helpful and it, it I took this as um, a really positive step towards uh, branching it to something that I may have been uncomfortable with um, initially because because business was so outside of my 
field of expertise, field of knowledge, anything. Um, I can understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm taking it in stride and it, it really is just like a lovely job. I'm very grateful to, to, have, to have it. And I'm also still in libraries, uh, volunteering with the Pride Library. So I have mm -hmm. one shift a week where I'm kind of just manning the front desk and answering any reference questions. And that's located inside the D.B. Walden, is that yes, correct? Yes, so that is, um, it's not part of Western Libraries, but it's just housed within oh. Walden Library. So it, oh. it's its own like library, but it's it used to be called like a resource center. Oh, okay, so it's not formally part of it, like is it seen as like community run kind of thing? Yeah, so it was actually um, started off by one of the professors here at Western. He's now uh, emeritus status. Um, his name is James, Dr. James Miller, and uh, it started off as like two bookshelves in his office of just uh, collections about like pride material, uh, sexuality studies and, and whatnot, but then over the course of the several year, uh, several decades, um, people started giving mm -hmm. donations and like, um, yeah, people would come up and either give him monetary donations or say like, we have this collection that we don't know what to do with it. Can we give it to you? And eventually it amassed to like a, a separate room, I think in the university college, I might be messing the story up a little bit. Uh, and then at some point Western libraries was like, well, we, we can offer you a space. And so it turned into like really, um, just a, a lovely endeavor that is it's almost like it's pride for western as much as it is pride for london in general like it is just kind of like that resource center that that safe space mm -hmm. um, for a lot of people yeah. and help yourself megan what um what extra kickers are you involved in not as much as Susie, which i think <laughs> we've established um besides gradcast of which i do quite a lot i i think for Gradcast, I recently am up, I'm, I sit on the communications executive team for Science Rendezvous at Western, which will be on May 11th, if I remember correctly, which mm -hmm. I, I'm really struggling to remember. I think it's May 11th. And uh, I do the social media for them. So um, their Twitter, we, we do graphics. We're working on communication strategies to start promoting the event. And I, I mainly, I, part of it is I enjoy it. The other part mm -hmm. is like, that's might that maybe might be something I want to do after the PhD mm -hmm. like it's it's a work it's an industry I want to go into so mm -hmm. the one thing I lack on my resume is experience and I've learned the best way to gain experience is to volunteer and enjoy the volunteering while you do it yeah I think you're doing great so far well, so. thank you mm -hmm. and you certainly Megan certainly for the benefit of our listeners Megan certainly does a lot for Crowdcast mm -hmm. uh behind the scenes oh thank you Mark thank you and uh so yeah, in addition to Gradcast, I presently sit on SOGS Council. Um, I co-chair Mediations, which is a mm -hmm. graduate student speaking series within FIMS. I um, volunteer at Brescia College. Um, I'm also involved in the local community. I'm a member of the London Middlesex Historical Society. I uh, help coordinate a local book club which meets at the central library downtown um so and these are all different things and and some of it may change as time goes on uh but they all sort of i'm, I'm blessed that they all sort of dovetail very well with my phd mm -hmm. so that's kind of fortunate it's also worth noting you do quite a bit for gradcast too as yes, a recruiter oh, like a most of a lot of the guests that you that our listeners will hear in the future have been recruited graciously oh, at the time you. and expense of Mark. Oh, thank you. But trying to make it more than just Mark and friends. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So I think we've found 
I think we're running out of time. Yeah, we are running out of time. So uh, I guess uh, we'll have Mark to uh, sign us off. Yeah, well, thank you for listening. Uh, And this has been GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. I've been one of your hosts, Mark Ambrosio, along with Megan Vall and Susie Lee, who is also producing this episode. If you'd like to be involved with the show or get in contact with us, email us at gradcast at sogs.ca. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Gradcast Radio. We are also now on TikTok. To listen to us, we are on Radio Wester 94.9 FM. You can find all our episodes wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs>